Our scripture passage this morning is from the 32nd chapter of the book of Genesis, beginning with verse 22. That same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and my life has been preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket, because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I don't want to name any names, but we have a few wrestlers in our family. Maybe you do too. These are the people that you don't want to cross unless you're looking for a fight. But on the other hand, they are good to have in the family because if someone is picking on you, you can turn to this person because it is as if a good opponent just energizes them. Just this last week, one of my children came home insisting that we bake a chocolate cake for her teacher. I said, oh no, let's not today. It's been a long day. And we've had project after project after presentation after performance. It's not a good night to bake a cake. Well, guess what we did that night? We baked a chocolate cake. And this is the same child that not two years ago was pleading a case to me in the back seat of my car when I looked into the rearview mirror and I said, Enough! I have heard enough of this. You have heard my answer. Not another word. Well, that bought me a few seconds of silence before she said, Mom, I persevere. <laughs> and I looked into the rearview mirror and said, I know, it's a family trait. It's in the gene pool. And that, I think, is the main point of our biblical story this morning, the story of Jacob, that we are a family of wrestlers. We struggle. We persevere. We prevail. It's in the gene pool. Now, this is the story where Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And so, as a people who claim Israel as our father... This is an important story for us. It's important to glean what we can about who we are as a people, who Israel was as a person, and who that makes us as his children. Now, Jacob is headed back toward the promised land. He's been away for many years, and he's hesitant to go back because he's tricked his brother out of his brother's birthright. So he decides to send a messenger to kind of test the waters, to tell Esau that he's coming. 
So he sends a messenger, tell my brother that I'm coming and tell him I have accumulated quite a wealth. So the messenger goes to seek Esau, finds Esau, and comes back to Jacob. And the messenger says to Jacob, guess what? Esau has heard that you are coming and he is bringing a welcoming party of 400 men to greet you. Well, this frightens Jacob, and rightfully so. It should. And so Jacob schemes and plans and puts together a gift from his own livestock. And he sends this gift ahead of himself with his servants towards Esau. And then Jacob sends his family on ahead of himself toward Esau. Now, it's not that Jacob is protecting his family or his livestock or his servants. In fact, what Jacob is doing is kind of putting some padding between himself and his angry brother. Jacob then spends the night alone. He's alone, the text tells us. And the text does not tell us how Jacob feels about it, but I'm going to guess uneasy. And rightfully so, because during the night, Jacob is attacked and wrestled to the ground. And for a long time in this story, we do not know the identity of the assailant. You know, our first guess as we hear this story might be, oh, the attacker, the assailant, is in fact Esau, because Esau has right to be mad at Jacob. Or we might think that the attacker is one of Esau's men. Or we might think that the attacker is an angel. Some have thought that, and that is the depiction on the front cover of your bulletin this morning. But I have a different guess. And my guess for you this morning is that the assailant, the man who wrestled Jacob to the ground, is in fact God. And here are the clues that I see in this story. The first clue is that Jacob names the place Peniel saying that I, this is the place where I saw God face to face. The second clue that I see in this story is that the man changes Jacob's name. And this is a pattern that we recognize from earlier on in Genesis. Abram and Sarai had their names changed, and their names were changed to Abraham and Sarah by God. And, and then... Um, the man blesses Jacob. Jacob asks for a blessing. The place is named Peniel. And we learn a couple of things, I think, about God from this story. One of the things we learn is that when Jacob asks God for his name or asks the man for his name, the man says, why is it that you need to know? I think suggesting, I can't just give you one name. I can't give you one word. And so I read this story and I hear that it is impossible for me to put one word, one name on the divine being. It is impossible for me to limit God with a name or with a word. But I also, I think more impor importantly, learn from this story that God is engaged with his people. A lot of things can be said about the God of Genesis, but that God is passive is not one of those things that we can say about God. God is engaged in the struggle. God is engaged in the life of the covenant people. And God is engaged in this wrestling match with Jacob. Well, Jacob is also engaged in the struggle. Jacob wrestles with God all night long. 
Jacob is a wrestler. Jacob is a fighter. And we know that the name Jacob, translated from the Hebrew, means to wrestle or to struggle. Now, the name Israel is a bit more ambiguous, and it has several different translations. But the translation that I like the best says that not much changes when Jacob names, when Jacob's name is changed. That Israel is translated to wrestle or to struggle, but with God. <laughs> That's the difference. It's subtle. And so there are a lot of things that are shady and embarrassing about Jacob. But the fact that he is willing to struggle and wrestle with God is not one of the things that's embarrassing. It is, in fact, something that we claim. Here is our father, our patriarch, who will throw down with God, who will wrestle and struggle with God until he receives a blessing. What does it mean, I've asked this story this week, to be blessed? Because I understand a person who is blessed to be happy and to be prosperous. But I don't think that's the suggestion of this biblical story. I have a pastor friend. It doesn't matter when you ask him, what time of day you ask him, what day you ask him, how are you. He always has the same answer. He always says, blessed. I'm blessed. I feel great. I'm blessed. And I have another pastor friend who doesn't much like that answer. This pastor is a realist. And he says, why does he always say he's blessed? Some days are really sorry, really bad. Well, this is the story, I think, for my two pastor friends. This is it. Because here we have Jacob limping off into the sunrise, a blessed man of God. This is the story, I think. This is the one that tells us that to be blessed means more than just to be happy and to be prosperous. That to be blessed involves a bit of a limp. The Gospel of Mark tells us that Jesus' disciples come to him and they ask for blessing. They say, give us thrones. Put us on your right hand and your left hand in thrones. And Jesus talks to them not about thrones, but instead Jesus talks to them about cups and baptisms and crosses. We want to be close to you, Lord. But do we really know what it means to be close? Do we really know what it means to be blessed? Two years ago, I lost someone who I deeply loved. Um, She passed away. And we were given fair warning that she was dying. She went to the hospital, and the emergency room doctors told her that she had a couple of days to live. And so we all went to her house. And we gathered at her home, and our weekend with her was much like a party until those last few minutes when we had to say our goodbyes. And that was a struggle. That was difficult. But we got through it. And the days passed, and she was still with us. So I drove back to her house, and I sat beside her bed. And when she was awake, I visited with her. And when she was asleep, 
I looked at the birds who were out her very large picture window, and I prayed and I journaled. And sometimes I left the house to go buy food for those who would not leave her bedside, her son and her daughter. And the hospice workers came, and the hospice workers told us that her death was imminent. That imminent lasted several days, and those days turned into weeks. And it was a struggle. It was difficult. One night, I was exhausted after a day of of sitting by the bedside. And so I went down the hall to the bed where I was sleeping, and I picked up the little dog in the house, and I put the dog in the crate next to my bed, and I went to sleep. A couple hours later, I woke up because there was a breeze in my bedroom. And I opened my eyes, and I looked up at the ceiling fan that it wasn't on, and I listened for the motor of the air conditioner that it wasn't going, And a voice came from down the hall. The caretaker said, Dinah, Dinah. And I said, I know, I know. She's gone. And then the funeral home came, and they took away the shell. And we all went back to bed, but there wasn't much sleep to be had. And the sun rose. And I did walk out the front door with a limp, but blessed. It's true that there are opportunities in this life for us to engage in the struggle, to hold on to God with both hands, to demand a blessing, and then to hear God's voice from the whirlwind, as Job did, and be blessed. How I cringe when I see these opportunities present themselves, especially to my children. Oh, I want to protect them. I don't want them to be in pain. I want them to be happy. And yet I think it's so important, so important for them to grow and to develop. I have one child right now who has her ankle braced, uh, and she's going to physical therapy, and it is my Hope that she will be healed, that her ankle will get better. I know it will. But I have a different hope for her spirit. My hope for her spirit and my hope for my other two children's spirit is that they are limping, their spirits are limping around San Antonio for years to come. Because I want them to be people of depth. Carl Jung first wrote it, I think, and now Father Richard Rohr is writing the same thing in a book called Falling Upwards, that there is necessary pain for the human being. There's necessary struggle, necessary pain that we must encounter in order to be mature people. Jesus turned to his disciples in the 16th chapter of the Gospel of John, and he said, in this world, you will have struggles. In this world, you will have pain. But take heart. I have overcome the world. It's been about a year since we took the panoramic picture of the congregation for the 100th anniversary out here on the front lawn, and I've seen the picture. 
It's a beautiful picture. Boy, do we clean up nicely. And it was a sunny day, and we had on our Sunday best. But I wonder if a more accurate picture would be a video. Maybe a heavenly video of sorts, taken by an angel. This is my own imagination. But an angel video camera that would capture us as we came from our homes to this church, out to the front lawn, and then would also videotape us as we left to go into the next hundred years. I suspect that that angelic video camera would pick up on some bruises and scrapes and bumps, would see a few slings and a lot of limping going on. Because we are a blessed people. And I think that angel would then take the video and file it in a heavenly library under the name, the family of Israel.